And that's on. All right. You are co-host Jim and you're showing as me again. <laughs> I think you can change your name. If you don't know the kind of person I am and I don't know the kind of person you are, a pattern that others made may prevail in the world and following the wrong God home, we may miss our star. For there is many a small betrayal in the mind, a shrug that lets the fragile sequence break, sending with shouts the horrible effects of childhood, streaming out to play through the broken dike. And as elephants parade holding each elephant's tail, but if one wanders, the circus won't find the park. I call it cruel. And maybe the root of all cruelty to know what occurs, but not recognize the fact. And so I appeal to a voice, to something shadowy, a remote important, re important region in all who talk. Though we could fool each other, we should consider lest the parade of our mutual life get lost in the park. For it is important that awake people be awake for a breaking line may discourage them back to sleep. The signals we give, yes or no or maybe, should be clear. The darkness around us is deep. If you don't know the kind of person I am, and I don't know the kind of person you are, a pattern that others made may prevail in the world and following the wrong God home, we may miss our star. For there is many a small betrayal in the mind, a shrug that lets the fragile sequence break, sending with shouts the horrible effects of childhood storming out to play through the broken dike. Now that's a couple of lines, isn't it? Aren't they? There's many a small betrayal in the mind a shrug that lets the fragile sequence break, sending with shouts the horrible effects of childhood, storming out to play through the broken dike. And as elephants parade holding each elephant's tail, but if one wanders, the circus won't find the park. I call it cruel, and maybe the root of all cruelty, to know what occurs, but not recognize the fact. And so, I appeal to a voice, to something shadowy, a remote important region in all who talk. Though we could fool each other, we should consider lest the parade of our mutual life get lost in the dark. For it is important that awake people be awake. For a breaking line may discourage them back to sleep. The signals we give yes or no or maybe should be clear. The darkness around us is deep.
And I think the times are quite perfect for our reciting together of the Metta Sutta, the Buddha's teachings on loving kindness. And this is a, it's, it's the most beloved and most published and printed and so on teaching from the Buddha. And uh, I never heard it myself, but I had friends who lived in Thailand. And in the villages, one could hear parents chanting this with their children in the mornings. And it's an admonition or an encouragement to cultivate in all activities an attitude of love and compassion toward all beings. So please join with me if you wish and, um, and to reflect upon the meaning of the words as we go. Now let us chant the Buddha's words on loving kindness. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety may all beings be at ease whatever living beings there may be whether they are weak or strong omitting none the great or the mighty medium short or small the seen and the unseen those living near and far away those born and to be born may all beings be at ease let none deceive another or despise any being in any state let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another even as a mother protects with her life her child her only child so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings radiating kindness over the entire world spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths outwards and unbounded freed from hatred and ill will 
whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding by not holding to fixed views the pure-hearted one having clarity of vision being freed from all sense desires is not born again into this world Isn't that a beautiful aspiration? Even as a mother protects her only child, her child, her only child. But to all beings, casting no one out of our hearts. Which doesn't mean people can't be held accountable for their actions. It means that we keep our own hearts developing and loving and compassionate to the best of our ability. And of course, we include ourselves in those who are worthy of our love and compassion. So now, in this moment just now when the sun has come over the house, bright light coming through the fabric, warmth on the left side of my face. Notice the temperatures around you. Notice the temperature, the fire element as it shows itself in this that is your body for a while. Notice that the body has so many sensations, contact, pressure. There's the proprioceptive sense where you can know the posture, the uprightness of the body. Notice the aliveness in the hands. And whenever I do that, bringing awareness into the hands, it becomes apparent that there aren't hands in the direct experience. There's just sensations. And as it has been for such a long time or such a short time, the body breathes. And through some utter mystery, we can exert some will 
some intention and awaken in the sensations of breathing. Each breath has a beginning. It comes out of nowhere. It truly doesn't exist. And then it's born. And as we cultivate concentration and mindfulness, knowing what's going on, these mental factors don't exist in a vacuum. They're held in the container of love and compassion. Wishing in gladness and in safety, may all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none. Which then means, of course, that it includes oneself. So holding yourself in love, and love meaning there's room for everything, there's room for sounds, hearing, there's room for the wandering mind, the sleepy mind, 
the mind that's caught in desire or disliking. There's room for tranquility and ease and contentment. And so with the emergence of each breath, why not climb in? Allow the breath and the attention to it to contain you as a hammock would if you came across one. It really is okay to rest in this breath, in this moment of awareness. And we practice clarity in our intention for this period of time. My intention is to abide in the present moment with whatever arises. 
and to come home to the aliveness of the body and the breathing and therefore live in the present moment for a while. It can be quite a relief to know that for the next half hour or so, I know what I'm going to do with my life and nothing else matters. There's nothing to figure out. There's nothing to grasp or push away. It's simply to rest in being.
allowing ourselves to just sit, to sit still. And in this still sitting, the magical display of phenomena in consciousness dances on. Each breath, each thought is the ultimate teacher of impermanence.
Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living, living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world spreading upwards to the skies, downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. And so from the quiet that develops in our hearts, in our consciousness from sitting still, let us wish all beings well, all beings without distinction, those who are near and dear to us. Think of a friend, wish that friend well. This, these practices may, may or may not have an effect on the other person, but they definitely have an, an effect on us. Hmm. To, to fabricate, to create, to practice a mind which turns to blessing, which turns to loving and compassion. Think of the person or persons that occupy in your heart-mind the position of enemy or the other, the bad other, wishing them well, wishing them to feel loved, cared for, wishing for them to restrain their unskillful actions. And in this way, we cease, we reduce and then cease our practices of enemy imaging. And we move in the direction of true seeing, which is our absolute interbeing with all of life. May all beings everywhere share in the merits of our practice. And please, as we close, let's think for a moment. I invite you to think for a moment about your teachers, the people in this lifetime who have held you aloft and said, go this way. This is the way toward real happiness from that kindergarten teacher to the fifth grade social studies teacher or 
the various spiritual teachers, lifting them aloft in your own heart, the giants upon whose shoulders we stand. And now, very mindfully noticing the location of eyes. And notice where the head is relative to the rest of the body. Not as an idea, but as a proprioceptive of knowing. And then noticing the intention to allow the eyes to open. It's no small thing to observe intention because intention allows us to shape the destiny of our lives. To not be simply reactive to life, but at least sometimes to be choiceful, capable. And then when your eyes open, you will see a screen. If you're on a computer, it's got, how many is it? It's 25, <laughs> 25 little thumbnails into someone's life. Maybe let's give ourselves a moment to stretch mindfully, notice the phenomenon of knowing what you're going to do. Yeah. And then, creating a little room to live in for the day. <laughs> Whenever I stretch mindfully, I have the thought, I remember the time when I was stretching in order to become more flexible and so on. And <laughs> now it's become, well, I think I'm as flexible as I was yesterday. <laughs> well, these are, I should do announcements, I guess. There is in the chat a link which will take you to a program called Acceptiva that will provide you with the link, which we will be using next Monday, June the 8th. We will be abandoning this Zoom link and going to that new one. It also exists already. Uh, the, the, the link to Acceptive exists on the portlandinsight.org website. It came to you if you're on the listserv uh, in the digest. And actually next Monday, if you get completely lost and come here, uh, there will be someone, Molly, Molly Balin will be uh, monitoring this site and directing you, go there, go there. Um, one other thing, this Saturday, Betsy Toll and I will be offering from nine to one a, um, a day or a, four hours of meditation and reflection on uh, how to use this time, this challenging time, 
to help us wake up and to become, um, to, 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 to open to the pain that's here. We're actually following the model of um, Joanna Macy, who uh, I've done a little bit of training with and Betsy's done a lot. Uh, of opening up, of opening up to the anguish of, of experiencing the pain that's here and then also finding our place, our place in the world from which we then can stand and face into the future and bring our one-of-a-kind contribution. And I guess the word contribution trips me into uh, if, if these broadcasts are helpful to you, uh, inspiring, life-changing, please consider going to portlandinsight.org and uh, making a contribution to support the organization and to support yourself in the practice of letting go. And uh, the best thing for the, for the center is to um, do a monthly contribution through the stewardship circle and to feel the delight in the giving. I've wondered how to respond, if to respond to what's been happening socially, politically in our cities. And my daughter sent me an image this morning that I'm going to share with you. Uh, it's quite powerful. So I, uh, I, I just say that. And I'll read it as well, because it's a little hard to read the details. So Martin Luther King Jr., and I'm gonna magnify this. Wow, look at that. A quote. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's council, counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner. It is the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension to a positive peace which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action. What a dilemma we're in. The one thing remains clear to me, and that was part of why I started the morning with the Loving Kindness Sutra, the Metta Sutra. If we lose track of that, and we get lost in the anger or judgment, can I show you on Facebook? Um, No, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, I will post this to the listserv and also to my uh, 
blog, portlandinsight.org slash blog. It's a, it's a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. with that quote from him. I, I find myself quite unsettled by all of this. I, uh, Jennifer convinced me to go for a walk in Forest Park yesterday. It's the first time I've been in the forest uh, in a long time. It's, it's so huge. There's millions of ferns. And, and it, it took more than half an hour before I could shed the, the, turmoil and um, that I could actually be in the forest. Um, so there's so much happening and I guess my primary role, the place that I occupy, is to invite all of us, take, take enough time, take enough time to find your own tranquility and ease in the midst of it all. And then whether you're called to march or contribute or be oppositional, to do it from a place of as loving as we possibly can. Because the outcome when we're not loving is not great. So there's a there's a something here on the chat. What's that from Janet? I get the PIMC emails, but I don't believe I am on the listserv. How does we get on or find the listserv? Well, there's a failing of the website. Um, Jim, could you respond to that, please? Maybe check out the website. I forget how they get on the listserv. You could also send. Actually, you could send an email to Avi at portlandinsight.org and ask to be put on the listserv. There's a smooth way to do it. Avi, A-V-I, at portlandinsight.org and say, please put me on the, on the uh, listserv. And then you receive an email that you'll have to respond to to be on the listserv. Okay. I think that's what I have to share this morning. And I want to open up the floor, so to speak, to whomever has something else you'd like to offer to the community. Remembering, speak from the heart, be brief, speak with an intention of healing, and speak about your own direct experience. Our opinions about other people and things don't help us much. Hey, Robert. I hear a voice. It's Karen. Hello, Karen. So what you started with today with um, the Buddha's words on loving kindness really helped me because like last night, my son was out protesting. And then when they were going home, marching in the street, there were cars that were like, accelerating through the crowd and they had some close calls there and it's you know creates so much anger in me that people would do this but um just that helped me to just kind of 
focus my mind on keeping an open heart and focusing on all these peaceful protesters and just trying to keep them safe with my intentions of meta and keeping all that love out there for them. And, and then also, apparently there was a truck driving through the police recklessly last night as well. Different vehicle. So it's both sides mm -hmm. keeping everybody safe during this time. Thank you, Karen. I'm glad your son's okay. My stepdaughter was downtown last night and had a, a bad encounter with the police where there was sudden, suddenly there were flashbangs going off and tear gas and, and apparently for no, with no provocation. Who knows, but it's, it's a very unstable time. People are so uh, well. Adrenaline is, a, is is adrenaline is not the greatest wisdom creator. It can bring out our our least developed sides. Whoa, <laughs> all of this, the heat just turned up in here. Another whole lot. In fact, I'll take off some clothing. Robert. I hear Tim. Hi, hi everybody. I went down to the demonstrations for a while yesterday uh -huh. and um, I noticed several things um one the age of the people was there was almost entirely what i would guess to be in the 20s i was the only person around with gray hair um and that's unusual from demonstrations and stuff that i've been to in the past there's generally a a good representation of older folks. Um, the people were peaceful and I felt sincere. Um, <clears throat> but just crammed together like sardines. It really, it really made me nervous in terms of the need for social distancing. And I, I just distanced myself. I sat across the street. And I got too crowded. I went down the block. Um, but I thought I didn't like to see all those people packed in together like that. And I thought how wonderfully effective it would have been. There were a lot of people there. Um, and I was there early. I split early. There were a lot of people there. I thought how wonderfully effective it would have been if those 500 people or however many they were had been distanced six, eight feet apart, it would have covered 
20 blocks. It would have been really amazing. Anyhow. And the, the way I came with what I came away with is I'm so proud of these young people. So proud of these young people. Um, I think most of the violence is coming from provocateurs. Yeah. And most of the people that are gone down there are gone down there sincerely for the right reasons with sincere hearts. And it's very reassuring to me to see 20 year olds doing this. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tim. Robert, could you turn your volume up a little bit? Several people are having trouble hearing you. Well, let's see. How's that? That better? It's as much as I can get out of this thing. It's starting to go all red. It's probably, I hope it's better. Maybe it's just in Beaverton. Erin <laughs> and I can't hear you. <laughs> and I think she's in Beaverton. That's very odd. Well, I, I just, oh, it's, I'm, I'm getting the clipping red okay. light that says don't do more. Yeah, it's 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 better now. Also I can get clear closer. here. If I get closer to it, it's better. Hello there. Um, I'll be like the rock stars. Hello, I'm talking into my microphone. <laughs> Robert, can you hear me? I hear, yes. Hi, this is Robert. I have a question. You um, talked a little bit last week in regards to the practice of loving kindness and how that practice might relate to different divisive issues in society. And I think you said in, in, in the context of loving and kindness, there may be very little value in taking a side. Was that the concept that that you were putting forth? Mm. I don't know. I don't think so. Or, I think sometimes, or... I think sometimes uh, if we are really rooted in love, we find ourselves forced to take a side. Like, for instance, to take a side against child abuse or um, to step in if something bad is happening, even at risk of one's life. But to do it with love rather than hatred or being freaked out. Mm -hmm. Is that making sense? I, uh, I, go ahead. Yes, it is. And, and I, it was also during the same discussion where I think you shared the story of a, um, a march that you were participated in when you had your three-year-old in your arms. On my shoulders, yeah. Older, and you had a conversation with somebody who was there for crowd control yeah with the police right yeah and with it with the the officer who was in charge of the heavily armored uh you know the SWAT team or whatever they're called yeah as they were leaving I stood in front of him and he came and met me and we had a beautiful interaction where he said yes sir I think we we all played our parts really beautifully today yeah. 
Thank you. Robert, this is Aaron. Hello, Aaron. I see you. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Oh, that's a rough question. <laughs> I know. I could tell. <laughs> I've been I've been struggling the last couple days with feeling just as upset about the destruction of our city and the looting and small businesses and I, I'm upset about both issues. I feel equally. I'm I grew up under a cop and I watched him dedicate his life to protecting others and he made mistakes, but everybody does and when I see F cops spray painted all over the city, I'm really heartbroken by that. The police are our allies in the emergency department. Sometimes they really help us when we have somebody very violent there that we have to take care of. And I just, I don't know how to be on both, both ends of it. I, I, I'm just really upset by the whole thing. And I don't know if that story has a point, but how do you sit in the middle and I find it very painful to sit in the middle. I find there's a lot of grief. And um, it's human suffering is just terribly painful. And the madness, the, 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 That, that poem that I read this morning about uh, really touches me that um, the horrible effects of silent, of childhood can come roaring out through the broken gate that, that every single person in, in every single person, but those people confronting each other across the barricades and so on. It's also a group of little kids who have their childhood issues and their unresolved emotional trauma and they get provoked, and then they then they they get lost in the in the provocation, and then the, the the for whatever reason the people who are doing the damage to to businesses and so on, they too are acting out their childhood craziness, and the conditioning that they've had. And um, I, I listened recently to a really a really interesting um, podcast. Uh, it was on um, um, The Daily, um, Michael Barbaro in the New York Times. It was a five or six uh, edition um, story that's called The Rabbit Down the Rabbit Hole or Rabbit Hole. And it's this one one section of it is how this fellow through what he was offered to watch on youtube became uh, right wing radicalized over the course of a year they went back and they looked at, at everything he'd been watching and so the the, the people on oh, I'm being very complicated about this the people on all sides of the issues have fallen into their conditioning and are acting it out and some of it is really violent and uh, unskillful. I'm not being very clear here, but um, and I've I've read and heard a couple of very interesting um, 
Trevor Noah did a really helpful thing that if it's, it's very difficult to understand why people would riot. But when one puts oneself in the shoes, particularly with African-Americans of 400 years of being oppressed, we do really wild things when we've been oppressed. And when, um, I mean, I can, I can hardly imagine what it's like. I've been pulled over by the police a few times, but it's always because I've done something. You know, I rolled through a stop sign or I, you know, or I was going way too fast. And, um, but to imagine being pulled over 25 or 30 times a year for being a black man in a car, I mean, the, the anger that would build in that and the, the powerlessness would be just, um, it, 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 it's hard to imagine. So I don't know if this is any help, but I too find it very, it's very painful what's happening to stay open to. And I have to titrate my news. I think I'm, I think I'm still taking in a bit too much, maybe a lot too much, but it doesn't take much to, to, to see the, the pain of it all. Uh, <laughs> my intention is to be comforting and I have a sense I'm just kind of pouring a little kerosene on the fire here. So... Oh, go ahead. No, I'll, I'm, I think I've said plenty. I, uh, I struggle with this. Um, I don't condone violence necessarily, um, but I, I can see where people are coming from. But uh, I've also, I've participated in a lot of nonviolent uh, demonstrations. And a fair number of those were completely ignored by the press and the politicians and the general population, even when there were thousands of people that showed up. And so I'm really like torn on this and that like I don't condone violence and I don't want to participate in that at all. But at the same time, people are dying and, and change needs to happen. And I don't know how change happens without that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm trying to like learn how to be okay with <laughs> the violence. I'm also torn by the fact that, you know, mo much of the violence that is going on is, is these young white men, a, a lot of it anyway, um, from what I hear. But at the same time, the, the, you know, there's so, been so much conflict between the black community and the police that I can see folks being less empowered to <laughs> participate in the riots. Mm -hmm. if they're colored. And so, yeah, there's a lot of co conflicted emotions there. I'm not quite sure. Your quote today kind of brought that up that I, I don't know what to do. I, I'm not, I don't want to participate in violence, but I want to see that change happen, you know? Amen. There's a term that's bandied about in the Buddhist world of that practicing don't know mind that that yeah hmm. i just got a text from someone kb saying vote participate in voter registration take action 
<sighs> I sure would like to know something, but other than attempting to stay loving and keeping my heart open to all, I don't know much. Certainly about how to, how to relieve a social ill that is as deep as racism. Systemic, structural, cultural racism. There's going to be more happening at PIMC, I know, about these issues. There's at least two threads that I saw on the listserv of uh, people wanting to, to study and to get together and to, to work on these issues. So I think it's uh, coming to the fore for us. Robert? A voice. Hi, it's Trisha. Hi, Trisha. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're back. <laughs> I've been back for a long time, actually. Oh, I've been back well, for six weeks, seven weeks oh. longer. You're anyway. back in my consciousness right here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Um, I posted on Facebook the other day. I started out posting something else, and, and what ended up coming out of me was that um, – my own experience growing up was was in a slightly racist family, not not too overtly, but definitely overtones of of racism, especially from my father. And what I see in myself um, still are um, pops of that that come out when I'm least expecting it. When um, <laughs> this feels really vulnerable to to share, but like you know. Um, if I see um, a black man walking towards me, you know, that there's just this, this, this sense of, oh, and, and then I catch myself and I'm like, why am I thinking that? You know, why, am, why do I still have this fear embedded in me when I don't feel that way in my heart or in my mind, in, in, my, <laughs> in my beliefs, but it's still in my mind, you know, and, and it's, um, it's this, this childhood that you were talking about earlier in the poem, the, these childhood things that are still lodged in me and, um, and that I know that this stuff that's just still really small in me, that the police officer with his knee on, on, um, George Floyd's neck is just a gross manifestation of that little bit that's still in me. Yep. And, and I do feel that my job, my biggest job, my best job is to be able to root that out in myself and that, that I have a feeling that this, this is what is being asked of us from the black communities, from, from people of color is to examine our own deeply, deeply, embedded internal racism that um that we might not like to admit to or want to admit to but that is still sitting maybe deep down in many of our psyches and um on monday there was um 
a thread that went around um, on the chat about the um, course that's available called Awakening to Whiteness or some, I think that's, that's it. And um, I, I am very willing to, to take the lead on making that happen mm. within PIMC for anyone who's interested in, um, in taking part in that course. Um, my understanding is it's a once a month meeting over six months that is from a Buddhist perspective. It was developed in part by um, Spirit Rock, in part by Tara Brock's organization and has been um, offered at the Zen Center here in Portland um, mm. for numerous years. And, and I would be more than happy to be the point person to offer that here because I know that's my next step. That's my work. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. How beautifully just like you to be so beautifully vulnerable and to say you'll do something about it thank you i should how, how to proceed i guess listserv is the best way um i will also put my email address in the chat and anybody who's interested can contact me directly and i'll i'll put together a list from there okay thank you patricia trisha Either one. <laughs> I really, I know, I I really appreciate and sh and vibrate strongly with your with your uh, experience of this. We all have these tremendously deeply buried biases that can come out at the most unpleasant times. Yeah. Thank you. Whew. Well, 10 after 8, I must go relatively soon. Anything sitting? I bet there is some. We could take this for quite a ride, I think. Just we had your time. Um, Chris, Eric. Uh, hi. Hi, guys. Uh, normally, I'm too shy to talk on video, uh, but I guess this morning what's really been calling my heart is that... Uh, I understand that capitalism has conditioned us to value property, but that, and it hurts my heart to see too, but human life is always more valuable and it's only conditioning that could ever have us look at the two pictures and consider it in any way comparable or equal. And it's just, it's human beings pleading for their life and, and the fact that they have to plead so loudly just goes to the, just speaks to the real pain. And we can't, we cannot look at property of any kind as more valuable than human life. And I guess that is just listening to this talk and all of this through this whole thing. That's just what my heart keeps pleading with people to understand is, I do not agree with, I would never value damaged property, obviously. And uh, to the large part, it looks like cops are provo provoking the riots. But whether that's happening or not, I don't know. All I know, all I know in my heart is that human life and property are not equal. 
And that white supremacist capitalist indoctrination is what makes us think it might be. So I don't know. Sorry if that was a little forceful, but that was I just felt like I had to say it. Very clearly put. And anyway. I appreciate that. Thank you. Anyway, I love you all. And that's all I had to say. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you have something to say, but that's all. <laughs> well, I'd say this. Uh, a minute and a half from now when the shame attack comes and you think, oh God, I did that wrong, just flush it. Because thank you for sharing. It was a very important thing and well put. You guys are really beautiful there with that. The, the colors are all perfect. You're, you're just a perfect, you're a perfect montage. <laughs> Anybody else? Well, perhaps it's time to, I <laughs> just had an image of Mr. Rogers heading for his closet, time to take off the sweater. <laughs> now there was a beautiful human being. So let's, I will unmute and we can sing our little song together. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow if you can make it. And one change uh, in the schedule is that uh, last, last weekend when I was crashing, I realized I'm going to take Saturdays with no broadcast so that I have a morning that I can just not so much sleep in, but just sit probably. So see you tomorrow and let's do the loving kindness chant. Unmute all. May all beings be happy. May all beings be happy. May all beings be happy. Thank you, dear friends. We all be safe and do our bit to bring love and compassion into the world. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Here we go. Bye-bye, <laughs> Robert. Bye, Robert. Bye-bye.